Welcome to the Whiskey Stories podcast. For me, it's such a delight when when samples turn up, as, oh, as, yeah. as they often do. We had some samples turn up uh, turn up today, mm. uh, and we uh, we have samples turning up of casks that we own uh, pretty much every week. And, yeah. and it is like I'm like a child in a, oh, a, a Christmas time. You know, it's wonderful yes. so opening opening up the package and being really excited. Like I know it's nine forty five, but I'm gonna have a dram. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome along to the Whiskey Stories podcast. We are back in the athletic arms, diggers with myself, Graham Kilgarn. I've got Angus, the whiskey fan, with me. Oh, How are you, Angus? I'm oh, very well, thank you, Graham. How are you? Well, we're, we're back sandwiched between the bar and the gents' toilets again. In our, in our sort of <laughs> in the humble room. room. Yeah. It's where we really have started to... It's, I mean, it's where the podcast began. I think in Scots law, if you start getting letters delivered to the same place <laughs> over so many years or a certain period of time, it effectively can become your humble abode. Which, same way of squatters' rights in this room. <laughs> better than in this room than next door in Tallahassee, that's for sure. But of course, Ross Barr is not here as he's on hiatus at the moment. Um, he, he's back in the country, he's just not back in the room. He, he's certainly not, I don't think his head's back in the, in the, in the right <laughs> space after his, uh, his jet lag. Two weeks of wedding planning. Two weeks of wedding planning and minus 14 or something like that. But we are joined by <laughs> experts in the industry as we always need to have somebody to keep us right, Angus. We've yep. got... George and Rachel from Kibo Cast Company. Guys, how are you? Champion, thank Champion. you very much. Yeah. Champion, Excellent. thanks. Brilliant. <laughs> congratulations on being our second ever couple on the uh, the, the Whiskey Stories podcast. Two in quick succession. Yeah, exactly. You wait all 15 episodes or something. A couple, a couple to come along and you get two at once. Oh, quite right. You need, uh, you need Jack and Donna from Uncharted Whiskey Ah, uh, yeah. It's quite That's a, another one. <laughs> Family industry, isn't it? Yeah. Seems right. to be everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, what better way to enjoy whiskey than with your closest, nearest, and dearest? Right, I guess. Right. Absolutely. Maybe we should get engaged. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing legally to stop us apart from your marriage already. Well, well that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, a very good point. Actually, maybe we need to think about that. Sorry if you're listening. Up. Anyway, no, we're, we're back. It's, uh, it's a whiskey story. It's a vodka. whiskey bigamist. Oh my God. There's a story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Netflix special. So we've got some drams in front of us. Uh, I am actually being the Angus this evening and I'm sitting nursing a, a draft Pepsi and a Moretti Zero. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Absolutely Please drink not. responsibly. Um, <laughs> but we are on brand this evening, Angus. You're yeah, drinking absolutely. a couple of drams from Fragrant Drops. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I've got the reputation of being a non-drinker of the group. But <laughs> anyway, we've got the uh, yes, Fragrant Drops. If, you, if you're watching us, you can see the bottles right in front of us. I've got the uh, North British 29 year olds, which um, I've got in front of me, with a North British 30 year old, which I got from behind the bar. Which um, is, you know, so quite apt because we're only about a stone's throw, we're spitting distance from the North British distillery itself. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, how's, I mean, what's it, so what's it, two different ages there, sorry? So, two different ages. One's a 30 year old, one's a 29 year old. Now, George, yeah. you explained the difference very well between them yeah. in a way that we, I we, um, Yeah, we, we, we bottled them at the same time. Um, which we had some idea about sending all the bottles of one off to a, mar- a different market. I think the, the term is delusions of grandeur. Yeah, delusions <laughs> of grandeur, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's a, there's the 30-year-old, which uh, which you got from behind the bar. Uh, that's actually a vatting of, of two sister casks, 30 years old. Both were refill uh, bourbon barrels. And then you have, uh, on the left, you have the 29-year-old, 
which has just come from a single first fill bourbon barrel, but Ooh. first fill maturation, fully matured for 29 years in a first fill bourbon. Uh, wow. So it's a, 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 the biggest tasting note that, that, that we get from it is uh, milky bars. So there's a white chocolate. Wow. Ah. White chocolate supreme. Well, 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 once you get that white chocolate in your head, it's hard to get rid of it. There you go. Milky yeah. bars are on you, Hank. Eh? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, so first of all, it's important that we introduce you. So it, it, yeah, it's so, Kibocast yeah. <laughs> company, but you also have recognisably the fragrant drops independent bottling. That's the sort of brand that most people will probably be familiar yeah. with. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, how did you start with that then? Mm. How did that? Get, uh, how did you come about? Because we've had we've had Woody from Woodrose, Woody and Megan, mm-hmm. our first couple. Um, could be like couples therapy. This, I guess. Please, <laughs> pass. Free but, therapy <coughs> champion. Over some whiskey, uh, but uh, so we've had Woody and Megan independent bottlers. We've mm. also had. Uh, Greg from Glenmore Spirits, GM Spirits, they've come in mm-hmm. as Crack well. And We've also had Jan Damon, who at the time had recently just joined the single cask, oh, uh, who was the general manager yeah. who previously worked as the operations director for. Mm. I mean, <laughs> Woody did say, can you still call them an indie bottler? But uh, the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, who are obviously. Mm. It's, it's a, that's an interesting question, actually, because. In the true sense of the word independent bottler, yeah, there are. They're, they're bottling something uh, separately from the distillery bottlings. But if we're talking about the word independent and we're thinking of, you know, the little guys versus the big guys, a lot of these mm. brands, these independent bottlers are actually fronted. No, they're fronted by like people like us, maybe, mm. but actually they've got a lot of moolah behind them, a lot of, uh, you know, lots of big yeah. wigs and big co- bigger companies. Yeah. But in the in the sense of the of the term independent bottlers that are really they're not a distillery so therefore no. they are an independent bottler. But I think also the word indie, everyone looks at indie being that sort of yeah, cool, exactly. yeah. awesome, yeah, yeah. exactly, how more ethical, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. The, um, the underdog. Yeah, <laughs> a lot about that. A lot about that. I mean, so so anyway, talk us through mm. number one. Was it through whiskey that you met? Yes, yes, it was oh. actually. It you, was. You can take this. So, um, George and I met in London, we're both, we're both, we're actually, we're both uh, from 1988, we're both uh, same year, he calls us grandma, wow. which is very, uh, well Gra- actually, Graham and I weird. are both 1989, so sorry you missed out on being part of the Doesn't get any better, <laughs> next um, But I, I think I'm a month older than you. Yeah, yes, so he, weeks, he, yeah. he sometimes calls us grandma, which is very rude. Very rude. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about that, but I, we, we had a similar kind of trajectory in that we both moved to London when we were both in our early 20s um, for various reasons. George and I met at Soho Whiskey Club, which uh, George used to be general manager of, right. and I was a member. We were pals for many years beforehand. Um, we ended up going on like a little, my first ever whiskey trip, which was to Orkney, which is a cracking first whiskey trip. That was an excellent trip. I'm going in May. Oh, nice. I've got all the tips for you, mm. babe. I got you. <laughs> uh, and then um, our mutual relationships at the time kind of broke down, sadly, but not so sad because it meant that we got to get together. So essentially, Rachel fraternised with the staff uh, <laughs> and, and I fraternised with the clientele. Um, I don't know who wins anyway. So, 
Uh, and, so, yeah. he, and here we are. Yeah, so we did, to answer your question, yes, we did meet because of whiskey. Um, I actually got introduced to the Soho Whiskey Club, which I don't know if you've like heard of it before. Fantastic little members club, which makes it sound really stuffy, but actually it isn't. It's yeah. just a, a bunch of geeks getting together um Heaps of tastings. Heaps of tastings. Covered cigar terrace, which actually now does sound a bit wanky, but it's not. It's fantastic and dead, like, down to earth. It's very cosy. It's a very, yeah. cosy, very, it's a, cosy. It's a very cosy little yeah. spot. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a sort of whiskey club still, it's still going. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah. yeah. Very 42 much so. or Compton Street. Um, yeah. I worked there for a long time. I worked yeah. there for seven years. Yeah. Um, and then... Actually, when, when, when Rachel and I got together... Um, I had a flight booked to Australia. I'd gotten it in my head after pouring many thousands of drams um, behind the bar. I'd gotten it into my head that I wanted to learn to distill whiskey. Mm-hmm. So I did a course with the Institute of Brewing and Distilling mm-hmm. and booked a flight. Thank and I just thought, I'm going to go and learn to make single malt in Australia, which oh. I did. So then, uh, and so then, then Rachel and I got together. And so after. Uh, an awkward period of time. Uh, right. I, 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 asked, <laughs> I asked Rachel if she, if she cared to join me, um, and so we went to Australia for a couple of years, and I managed to snag a a, a, a job as a distiller at Starwood in Melbourne. Oh well, we're talking oh, about Starwood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Talking about the Yeah. 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 Uh, I think like a, it was a, either a very very heavy finish or mm. or it was fully matured. It's definitely very and some some there. people complained. I know that they have entered multiple uh, releases of the ginger beer cask finish mm. into the World Whiskey Awards, mm. and because on a couple of occasions I've that's re- not I, obvious what I, that is. <laughs> I've, I've, I've received the, the category of Australia, and you just smell one. It's like oh ginger beer. Oh, it's, I, I think it's delicious. Yeah, I'm I think it's I really like That's it, but they have, they've toned down the ginger because I tried uh, years mm. ago. I tried uh, the, the first release, batch number one, mm. uh, and it is a, a fucking lot of ginger yeah. for a whiskey. But I, I think you it's like just a lot different. Of I think it's fun. Come on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> for the Let's be real. listening, tune in to see exactly what colour Rachel's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> sorry, I've had like two drinks. Yeah. So, the two of you are out in Australia, you're distilling for Starboard. Mm. I mean, yeah. what prompted the move back? Um, the original plan was actually to hopefully start a, um, a little micro distillery in Manchester. Okay. But uh, I got back and, and I looked in my bank account. Yeah. And Australia. And I was like, wow, I, I don't have a spare two million quid here. <laughs> yeah, just some moths flew out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I did. I had a, a number of very kind people uh, did offer to invest. And I just didn't feel comfortable with uh, that degree of responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but but I loved learning to make whiskey. Uh, the the team at Starwood I can't speak highly enough yeah. of. Uh, they're all extremely knowledgeable people. Yeah, Next ridiculous. level, you know, engineering minds and just uh, all all amazing. Uh, all helped me uh, a great deal. Lear- learning it, le- learning how it is works. It, is it still an ambition? Distilling. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One day. But so anyway, so yeah. So we moved to Manchester, and my plan B was to fall back on something that I was already doing. Uh, Wait, COVID happened though when we were in Manchester. Oh, that's so true. So we weren't yeah. doing anything too fast. 
Yeah, but I, so, so we came back and and, and I realised that I wasn't a, a multi-millionaire, and uh, and and so fell back on something that I was already actually doing on moonlighting as on the side, which was selling whiskey by the cask, mm. um, not in any investment way. Were you um, offering people like a? treble your money in the first year. Uh, it's horseshit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that uh, mm. at some point, because I do mm. know you have been outspoken on that, that mm. front. But I mean, going back to your Star Wars things, I have to say one of the things I really mm. found interesting about Star Wars, which is when it came on the map for me, was they had an interactive 360 tour of the distillery. And it was it started off very cleverly in the in the bar that they had in the distillery mm-hmm. and you, you had the, it was a video so it wasn't just like one of these slide it was a guy standing at the mm-hmm. bar describing what the whiskies had and cocktails that could be made of them how oh, to drink them cool. then you went into the mm-hmm. warehouse and you only need to listen to a few of the first few episodes of this podcast to understand what warehouses actually do to me as a person they got very excited particularly they've got gas and they've got 3D cameras in the middle exactly a 3D multi-immersive but basically they had that in the the video believe me anyway yeah, so basically there was a guy drawing uh, out of a cask and just explaining what it was and the whole time whilst he's speaking you can be looking around and it takes you all the way through the... the so like POV then? <laughs> Proper POV. <laughs> Point of view, exactly. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I, as I say, from a, from a distillery's perspective and one of the things we've talked a lot about with the whiskey industry is people often see the whiskey industry as the old boys game. It's a very old traditional really industry. Be, yeah. And we're starting to see now with, well, I mean, put it this way, everyone in this room is a millennial. Um, and God, we are, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, uh, so what an entitled bunch we must be. However, <laughs> but the, the thing about it is that whiskey companies, whiskey brands have jumped on that now where social media is such a big thing and being able to interact with, a, with an audience, be able to target mm. people. As I say, I would never have known who Star Wars were before I'd even come across that. Yeah. It was a complete off chance through a completely yeah. different project I was working on. And then whilst doing this this uh, podcast, we've picked up on twice they've been mentioned. And the one thing we always talk about is Angus and I are dead keen to try and get our hands on the ginger the beer. Ginger beer. Oh, you've got new guys. Yeah, we'll there's somewhere on that. Yeah, there, must, there, there, there'll, there'll be, be some. There'll be somewhere in in Edinburgh. We'll find it. I believe. I think yeah. it's yeah. Uh, Simon Smith. Uh, oh, aye. He has yeah, it. I believe he has it in his pop up. He's got everything. No, in his pop up. His pop up, which, which is, we will have to visit. We do have to visit. Oh, yeah. He's got, if he's got it in his pop up, then yeah. just just head on down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's delicious. Yeah. The, um, the, the the spirit of Starwood is is delicious and you make spirit. Yeah. It is, uh, the way in which whiskey matures in Australia is uh, different. Mm-hmm. to Scotland. Um, I do not subscribe to the notion that whiskey ages faster in hotter climates. Right. I think I think that's um, twisting uh, what I think actually does happen um, to make it sound like, and I've heard people who make whiskey in hotter climates say this, our five-year-old is exactly the same as a 20-year-old Scotch. Yeah, that well, that's is not tough. That's not fair, that's not right. Mm. Um, it, it ages differently, yeah. and you do get uh, a, a greater degree of uh, wood extraction, sorry, sorry. Uh, breaking <laughs> down of proteins and what have you. Um, so the whiskey is changing uh, differently, 
Um, certain aspects sped up, but that doesn't mean that it's just right. that it's just you're just fast forwarding. It's not like pressing fast forward on yeah. a yeah. on a on a remote. Also, the whiskey at Starwood does go up in ABV, not down. Yeah. Right. There you go. So the strongest whiskey that I tried when I worked at Starwood from the cask was a seven-year-old. Now, in the early days of the distillery, they were filling at 63.5, as they do in yeah. lots of places, especially in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, so they were like, yep, well, we're just going to do that. So they did that, and then they quickly realised <laughs> that's that's silly, because our, our ABV is, is going up. I know. Yeah. Well, what's um, the reason for that? Because my standard grade chemistry is alcohol is higher. So it's to do with... It's yeah. lower, so, lower so, so, boiling point. Yeah, so, so, so the wood is the gradient and, and the difference between um, temperature and humidity going on what's inside the cask and what's outside of it the uh, water is is drawn out faster than the natural volatility of an alcohol water mixture is this because in so Australia you have low humidity yeah exactly the water yeah, yeah. Pulled out all, of the all, yeah also the so what happened what takes place in Scottish warehouses is is and people will say this especially in old traditional Dunwich warehouses is that throughout the summer the, the warmer weeks um, the, 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 days. Let's The cask will, uh, will will expand, and then yeah. in the in the colder months it will contract. Mm. And what happens is that that pushes a lot of flavour uh, from within the staves into into the liquid inside. Melbourne. Uh, regularly will have a, a temperature fluctuation oh, of, yeah. of 15, 15, even sometimes 20 degrees yeah, a, day. A, a day. Yeah, yeah. And so you have Wild. that extraction. I actually, in, in just the day before, the day before there was a heat wave, it, there, was a, there was a huge jump in temperature by, I think, about 20, de- 20 degrees between just during mm. the daytime. Wow. And I filled a bunch of casks uh, with new make in the in the, the secondary uh, site, the, the warehouse, um, in a place called Brooklyn. And I, I filled it all up, and I came in the next day, and the spirit was weeping out of the bungholes, <laughs> sealed shut, in all of them. Really? Because the alcohol had expanded. So, so, so yeah. alcohol fills. So uh, the warmer the alcohol is, it will fill up more in a glass. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's warmer, it will it will increase. Mm-hmm. So that's what had happened. I've okay. filled fill a cask up. I, I actually not. There was like dozens and dozens all lined up on on the floor, and uh, filled the ball up, and then came in the next the next morning. Heat wave, super hot, like really hot. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, they were all leaking out of the bunghole, which was on the which was on Did the. Did the heart drop through your ass a bit there? Oh, you I, was, I just thought it was fascinating. I mean, each yeah, one had probably only probably, probably only lost like I don't know, probably less than a liter. Yeah, but, but it, was, it um, was very interesting. When, so. so when we moved to uh, Melbourne and George got that job, the first job that was available as a distiller was nighttime distiller, mm. right? Hmm. And so he was given his training, and then he was left alone. He had like one of those uh, low, low work alarm, work or alarm yeah. but he, George, you know, had just done this this uh, pretty much essentially like kettle or chemistry exam, really. Yeah. With the mm. that's very simplistic. Sorry, but that, I mean, I was looking at his notes and I was like, right, okay, <laughs> crack on, Bell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I found it amazing that he was entrusted. With that. Yeah, and it was, it, it it was did, a little bit scary. Did you feel a little bit of a fish out of water at the start? Though? Yeah, definitely. I just, do you know, I think it's one of those things that I thought I knew how whiskey was made, and then actually I learned more in one week yeah. than, than I did in the years yeah. of reading about it. Of course. Yeah. I, I, I ended up veering off on a tangent to finish my, the, the point I was making about a strong whiskey. Seven year old, small cask, 
that was filled at 63.5 after seven years. I tried it from the cast, and it was 71.9. And it was it was actually really delicious. It was really good. It was, it was drinkable, but obviously you just couldn't drink a lot of it. No. Um, oh, which you'd be blind. Yeah. But I, well, I mean, it's interesting. Who did we? It was last week's episode when we were up at Eden Mill. Yes. And was oh, it Chris, cool. Chris was talking about now, was it Tobermory? He was talking about. He was about, talking about Tobermory. And he yes. was saying that the island lifestyle over there. Mm. And he was saying basically that. Ah, oh, this is it. This is a fascinating the, the time, the guy who was the night distiller was off one night. And the guy who is a local boy who just ran the tours just said, Oh, I can do it. And they were like, how can you do it? And he's like, well, I've seen him doing it that many times oh when I come God. up and have a blether with him when he's on the night shift. He's like, yeah. I, I kind of can what he's doing. So and he, he was able to just... the stills, yeah. Just yeah. ran the stills. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. to, 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 be, to be fair, it's it's just a case of keeping an eye on them. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of distilleries these days... When I worked at Starwood, I do believe now they've gone to an automatic cut manager. That's mm-hmm. right, automatic done by computer yeah. Yeah. Um, but when I worked there it was it was the decision was made by the distiller what are you looking for when you're so to, to, for, for, for the person listening to this who doesn't understand what we're talking about because even I at this point as I say the, the, the most exciting part of whiskey for me is the maturation process which is also the bit where you just put it in a cask and leave it for a while mm. whereas the actual process of you've got your heads the hearts and the tails mm. and you've got to try and cut the right bit of the spirit so what's happening here is that when you're more qualified than me to talk but from my understanding of it is when it's coming out of the still pots this liquid is coming through the vapors are obviously turning to liquid the the, the liquid is coming through and there has to be a point where the person running the stills knows yeah. when the good liquid yeah. is needing to be cut from the bad liquid. So, what are you looking for when that's happening? Well, I guess um, I think I think making making the fours cut, um, uh, the, the 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 first cut um, to start collecting the hearts is there's a lot of very volatile flavors and aromas that you don't want to capture. No. So you, you and those a lot of those come off very quickly. They come off in, in, depending on the size of the still, it, they, you know, you could have a desktop still and they would come off within, you know, something like that. Yeah, so really just yeah. a sort of you 35, know, 40, you know, 40 it, 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 On just a wee, you know, on a small desktop still. Yeah. Big, bigger stills, you need more volume to come off. Um, and then, you know, so, so, so the when I went to Starwood, it was done kind of uh, a bit on aroma. So we used to smell and you used to wait very specific for basically uh, like a, 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 an obscene amount of pear drops uh, acetate right. to, yeah. to to disappear. You do notice, uh, you do notice that. I mean, I love acetate. Me too. I love nail polish. Like, hate yeah, it. If someone polishes nails in a room, normally Rachel, um, sometimes me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I love that smell. It's, yeah. it's very distinctive. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's acetic acid. It's acetate. Um, and basically, at Starwood, they they wanted it that to to go off, mm. and for this lovely um, bananary, appley mm. uh, aroma to just appear. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of it was kind of done on on the volume and the nose, no, no. So, so and the nose, yeah. And you just a little sniff, and, and and it was very kind of simplistic. There was just a tap, 
there, there wasn't the spirit safe that you know they don't actually need the spirit safe here in Scotland anymore. They, 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 they look they, good though. They yeah. look they look good, but they they scrapped that law years ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was very much just uh, you had like a little stainless steel jug and you just went. Just, um, just from a tap, yeah. and just go whoop, 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 whoop. I think you saw me running the stills a couple of times. I did, I. Uh, and just I go like that, go, go like that, and then, and then just, uh, just take your finger and just go. Oh, and, great. And, and tell them. Personally, I always thought it was delicious. Didn't you? But at the start of every shift, when it was like handing over from the night time to the daytime, did you not like get together and taste some of the? Uh, no, so yeah, so every every day, so during the day, I, I did night shift distilling for the first few months, and then and then switched on to days. Um, and actually, the, the day crew in the morning around, kind of around eight nine a.m. There's a ding, ding, ding bell, an actual bell that, that somebody, uh, uh, whoever's in charge of production that day, just just rings the bell. We all, we all get together <laughs> and, and, we all, and we all try uh, a glass of the uh, the new make spirit that is run that is just run off uh, the the spirit still, and a, a glass of of the wash oh, that is getting filled into uh, the wow. wash still that morning. Fun, isn't it? And you try them, and there was this whole board where each person would would either write one, two, or three in terms of maltiness and in terms of esters, flavors, right. those lovely fruity uh, congeners or, or flavor compounds. Uh, and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's great. Like great way to start your morning. Great way. Yeah. Great way to end your day. Well. That's new mix spirit on the cornflakes. Oh my god! <laughs> that, right? well, that really is breakfast whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there is a there is something called a brew, uh, brewer's breakfast, which I tried oh at Starwood, which is taking the wort. Yeah. Um, straight, Wait. straight. Sorry. <laughs> You're bad. Um, taking some of the the wort um, that is flowing uh, out of the mash tun. So that's basically the beer. Is that no, uh, no, no alcohol? So just no. high sugar content, yeah. high bu- sugar barley sugar content, w- hot water. Yeah. And then, so so having say you know uh, like a large measure. And then just pouring some new make into it, and I've got to say, it is oh, wow. fucking delicious. Yeah, that it would be quite a so nice so good. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's the only of... thing that you can really try if you have your own mash done or you're in a distillery. Oh, that's and fantastic. it is so unbelievable. A brewer's breakfast, you call that? Delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah a, a brewer's breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the guys, the guys. You've got to, if, you know, if you know anyone uh, and you happen to be in a distillery... Uh, mm. At a time when uh, they w- w- when they're doing a mash, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and they'll have some new make lime, and just politely ask and give it a go. Yeah. Definitely one for the whiskey bucket list. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Brewers breakfast. Yeah. Brewers breakfast. Yeah. I saw, so you're back in Manchester, right? Fast mm. oh, I mean, a little bit of a, 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 a facetious <laughs> comment about cask investment. Oh, you were selling casks. Now, where, right. are you, where are you selling casks to trade then in that front, or was it to uh, bars, was it to anybody no, that was I mean, them? Initially, it was private individuals sure. um, who wanted to buy a cask. Uh, I can put my hand on my heart and say that at no point did we did I ever do kind of cask investment, yeah. talk about cask investments, or... Um, yeah, I didn't have, like, an investment guide or no. anything like that. I didn't talk about percentages. No. Um, so, which I think puts me as sort of in a, in a different camp. It does because I mean it's been a topic of mm. a lot of conversation on this podcast recently. Angus, we've talked about 
the, we've called it openly the murky world of cask investment. Yeah. One of the things that we uh, we talked about was at the start of the year, or maybe it was towards the end of the year, we looked at what's the sort of changes we're going to see in 2024 in whiskey. Mm. We looked at things like ranging from the the whiskey cocktail, cocktails becoming a big way for whiskey companies and um, brands mm. to get themselves into a younger drinker. We talked about mm. uh, even India opening up. We talked about Ross was mentioning that this is the year for great deals to be had on the whiskey auction sites because mm. there seems to be a big drop in that kind of market. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the other things mm. that we talked about was also that this starts to is starting to look like the year where there is a lot more clamping down on these cask investment schemes that people seem to be, be running to try and create this get-rich-quick fast investment, return mm. of investment, all these kind of mm. things where realistically it's it's becoming a saturated market in the sense that, well, you, we'll talk about well, this I for mean, yourself, it's difficult yeah. to get your hands on casks at the best of times and you're seeing casks jumping backwards and forwards between oh, people aye. with a yeah. price, a percentage added on, added mm. on, added on. Where it gets to the stage where we've talked about it, where you know where the closest to source is when you know it's the cheapest. Mm. I mean, yeah, price, price comparison, uh, if you're doing anything, if you're buying a watch or a car um, or looking at properties, price comparison, you know, I do think that there is a degree uh, of responsibility on uh, the people who are spending their own, their own yeah, money. Um, I do think that, you know, shop around, compare prices. If you don't, you kind of do have yourself to blame. I don't quite agree um, with that, George. However, 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 you know, you do have a lot of uh, individuals who are, as we spoke about earlier before, but b- before we started recording, uh-huh. uh, there are people who you know they're very very good at selling you something. It could be, it, they could be, they could be, they could, as they say, sell sand to the arrows. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, and close to Newcastle. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> on brand. For a more on, for a more on brand. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, man. <laughs> oh wow. Um, yeah, I mean, on on the the, the the advertising standards authority did bring in new rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they came in. Um, I think that that's that's good. Yeah, fine. Uh, I think that tactics how that the advertising, the sponsor dance that that a lot of people get. Yeah. Uh, they've just simply changed. So, yeah. so, so they're, they're no longer saying, you know, 12% returns, 4%, 10 to 12 or 7 to 15 or whatever. They've just dropped that. Yeah. Um, but then there's still the... It's quite interesting when you do watch it because, mm. I mean, first of all, there is absolutely nothing wrong with any individual person wanting to own a cask of whiskey no. for the sake of wanting to own a cask of whiskey. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And... We've talked about that on, well, with the Eden Mill guys yeah, who are absolutely. running a, a cask mm. investment process for the distillery, and it's actually mm. a very good way for a distillery to generate. We've talked about it with well, they cask, call it a cask yeah. investment, they call it cask ownership. Cask ownership, yeah. yeah. And basically, exactly. the idea is that you're being part of the fabric of the distillery, it's a mm. great way to be involved, and it makes you, I've done mm. it myself with Eden, uh, with uh, Lindor's Abbey, it's a distillery cool. yeah. very close to my family. I think my, my grandmother's family were from the farm next door to nice. where the where that is so there's a family connection there and 
They're the ones with the cats, aren't they? I don't think, no, they, they were years before, or, but what well, was that they having the cat? Yeah. Uh, Friar and Vespa. I, no, I think right, so, yeah. 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 They're um, amazing. To, to be honest, I've not been up there for a very long time. However, <laughs> but the point is, there, there's nothing wrong with that. And also, if you're in a financial position where you can go, do you know what? I just And there's people across the world who will sit and go, I just love the fact that there is a cask sitting yeah. somewhere and, in and, Scotland. And you, it's like, romantic, for, isn't it? For, for me, it's such a delight when when samples turn up, as, oh, as, yeah. as they often do. We had some samples turn up uh, turn up today, mm. uh, and we we have samples turning up of casks that we own. Uh, pretty much every week and, yeah. it, and it is like I'm like a child in a, oh, a, a Christmas time you know it's wonderful so opening, opening up the package and being really excited and be like I know it's 9.45 but I'm going to have a dram well <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not stopped you in the past when you're finished so, work, you were drinking oh but, uh, but with uh, with uh, casks I think one thing that everybody who's considering buying a cask for whatever reason yeah just remember, if you cannot, if it cannot, if it's not economically viable to put into a bottle and into a glass yeah. and drink in a wonderful establishment like the like diggers here, um, then it's not an economically viable investment. Correct. Plain and simple. That's yeah. If you can't put it into a bottle, into glass, uh, then you're overpaying, or it's too expensive, one or the other, or both, whatever. But just mm. ev- anyone should just bear that in mind mm. it's no good constantly buying and and then reselling and someone else buys it for more money yeah. and then they, then they resell it a few years later and, some, yeah. and then all of a sudden you've got something that actually can't it can't be sold to shops and sit on a shelf for a price the shops won't buy it yeah. if it's too expensive you know we we sell our bottles um to retailers um we don't sell direct with the exception of a of, of one website exclusive um, and of course, when you, we bring out the Whiskey Stories podcast, we'll be selling your bottles, no problem, because we yeah. are looking for sponsorship and advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. Smooth. <laughs> um, fragrant drops. Brought to you by fragrant drops. Um, but yeah, that is that is something that I think. I think I think a lot of people don't they don't really think about the the well, end goal of no, all casks of whiskey is for it to be in drunk and enjoyed at, in a mm. bottle form. And that's a very uh, good point. In, in I mean, but I mean, it, 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 it's the old case. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, people do invest in things no, that they've got no intention of actually. Mm. You know, you, you, the old classic stories of the Wall Street traders that would buy um. livestock futures and the the. The, the, the investments didn't pay off and you would be farmers threatening to deliver 500 sheep to Wall Street yeah. and saying, it's your fucking sheep, you have to take yeah. it, you won't be sheep. And they say, well, the contract's not worth fuck all. So, yeah. and it was, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes these investments, you know, I think the old adage is, you know, you see it on every single financial product, the value of your investment may go up or down. Well, that's it. And also, the thing is as well, it's, 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 um, it's supply and demand in some cases. Whatever your cask is worth is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it that's in the end. And Very that's true. Where if, you, if you've got a cask, which you say, and again, one of the big things about these, these casks is that there's so many different variations and things that can happen. We've had it ourselves, even the, a case of what Angus is drinking, it's the same distillery, it's a year out, and, and there'll be completely different flavour profiles. And yeah. actually that we had it when Glenn Withers came. Mm. It was two two of the same mm. whiskey. That Delicious spirit. Lovely spirit. Mm. And yeah. it, was, it, was, it was, what, three or four year old? Mm. Yeah. And it had been sitting in an Oloroso, two mm. different Oloroso casks side by mm. side, 
totally different yeah. flavour profile. I mean, the, 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 and the thing is, you can get a cask mm. that's ready to rock. Well, we spoke mm. to um, Greg Urquhart from Glenmore Spirits, mm. and he was telling us that when you're managing casks, and it'll be the same with yourselves, when yeah. you're getting these, these samples through, you'll be tasting them going, that needs a bit more time in that cask. Yeah. But there'll also be a period of the time where you go, well, there's nothing else we can get out of that cask now. Yeah. You know, we need mm. to maybe think about re-racking that into something else to try and bring something yeah. different to the flavour profile. And the thing is, you could have an eight or nine year old cask sitting there that's, it's just a, it's now just a, a, a load of liquid sitting in a wooden vessel. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it's actually right. Yeah. To it. It's it, like, it's using, like, like using a tea bag for the third time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, third, try it, seven or eight. It's, it's done. Yeah. You know, it, it's got no no flavours left uh, to give. You know, we we, we have casks where I've, I've, I've bought it, ordered a sample, and it could be 12 years old or 15 years old, mm. and it is almost clear. Yeah. Really? Almost. I know. And there's a lot of that. And, and this is something, and I'm not slagging off the industry at all in any way, but I think that certainly within the cask market, there is a, a lot of um, exhausted Shy wood. wood. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> we'll put it this way. Someone yeah. also made a very good point to me when we were talking about, I think it was, I think, I think it was you and I were talking. Potentially, yeah. And he, whoever it was we were saying, and basically they said, what you've got to try and remember is, if it was that good... Why would the distillery? Yeah, exactly. Put it out. You know, there'll, there'll be gold. There'll be little fragment, and that's what your job is basically to do: is to find yeah. the because I, I can't imagine that and Woody and Megan were the same, and I think mm. Greg Urquhart has said as well. When you're in the industry of an independent bottler like you guys are, mm. you're not in a position sometimes to be picky about what you get and what you what you want for sure i mean especially if it's reasonably priced stock from certain yeah. certain large uh, distilling companies yeah um then yeah. you know even to get the opportunity to buy some stock um yeah. direct is is a blessing yeah. feel super grateful for it because the pr- yeah and, 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 the, and the prices are great and i don't actually mind at all if it's no. knackered wood because you, you because you, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you can have a play around uh, I, I don't i would rather if if, if i think mm, something needs if it needs if it needs another five or ten years, I will. I'd rather just re-rack it. Yeah. Uh, into something, into some fresh wood, but you know, we've actually, I think, quite, quite a lot of our bottles. The majority of the stuff that we've released so far hasn't had a finish. No, that's uh, not quite you know, true. I no, would say I'm maybe saying, half and half. Okay, okay, around half. I mean, we've got two here. You know, full maturation. Yeah. Order, order sample. If it ain't broke. Don't fix it. No, yeah, there's that delicious. old saying. Um, or on, on, and there's another one here. This other one, which is a, a Bal Blair, 25 year old. Yeah. Now, like you know, this, this, is, like is, this is delicious. Breakfast, this is breakfast whiskey. Uh, really light, delicious, citrus. Um, it's lovely. And that's not. But 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 like it's because it's light in colour for a twenty-five year old. No, it's just refill. Uh, yeah, it's refill bourbon barrel. But I just thought, God, imagine if I put it into a shit cask and fucked up a twenty-five yeah. year old barrel. Yeah. Yeah. No thanks. I don't want to be that guy. Also, it's no. delicious. It's just not. It's just a light, delicate dram, um, which you're welcome to. Oh, elegant. Um, well, elegant. Elegant. And the thing is, yeah. I mean, we've become after speaking to a few independent bottlers, um, and again. We've got to be very careful when every time we get independent bottlers on the podcast, we don't end up talking about the same things. But yeah. some of the terminology and stuff we've become, I'm holding the bottle that we which is known as a tall round, I believe. That's this right. is a round. Now, Woody explained to us from Woodrose of Edinburgh, we went through 
as you kind of alluded to, George, mm. we talked about, you know, first of all, you've got to spend the money on buying the cask. Then you've got to spend the money on storing the casks. Yeah. Then what you've got to do is work out what you want to do with the liquid in the cask. Mm -hmm. Then there comes a time where you've got to pay the duty on the alcohol. Then yeah. you've got to pay for the bottles. Then you've got to pay for the corks. Then you've got to pay for the labels. And then you've VAT. Got to, then you've got to get the VAT. Two tax, two tax on top of tax. Now I'm looking at your bottles here. Yeah. They're not your tall rounds. They're sort of... No. They're, 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 they're actually a standard gin bottle. Are they? Called, oh, really? Called... called oh, what are you nudging me for? Because I was going to say about those. Oh, right. 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 <laughs> Talk us through Sorry, the bottle. Please, yeah. Rachel. Talking my ears off. Uh, yeah, they're just a, they're just a, um, it's just a, well, as George said, Sorry. just a standard <laughs> gin bottle called a herbalist. No, I've always I'm said that Angus has got crystal mm. balls. Uh, Mr. 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 And at that point, George Taki, was... Taquito. To, uh, well, aye. At that point, George was doing uh, freelance uh, brokering. Uh, so, and he was also distilling, as he said. And But we already kind of knew that we wanted to do some independent bottling. Yeah. And we think we're sat in all the bars and it was one of our favourite activities to go in. What stands out? Yeah. What 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 catches the eye? Mm. Um and we're in this Mexican restaurant slash bar and it was always the agave spirits. I looked at them and it was they all had the like lovely stoppers, like the agave Big, um, big stoppers. Big stoppers. Yeah. I thought, you know, Looks no one good. really does that in, in the whiskey industry yeah. apart from maybe like Blanton's that have like the horse. Yeah, with the horses. Yeah. We actually did contact them, didn't we? I did, I, well, I contacted any... Blanton's and someone mm. just immediately responded and said, oh, well, we get it from this company yeah. in, in, in Mexico, nice. I think it was. Sometimes the um. industry is very sharing and giving with information. A lot mm. of the time, they're really not. Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can understand. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like, why should you get well, that knowledge yeah. for free? But mm. it is nice when someone shares knowledge. And I generally try and share as much knowledge as I can but I so the I, the, the stoppers when you wanted to have a bit of a show stopper yeah and we went to one company that is, is famous for um, providing glass stoppers I won't say who and they quoted us a lot per of stopper and you've got a you've got a think oh you're bringing out the scampi fries um and you can't pass that on to the customer, especially yeah. not as a new independent bottler, where you're not going to enter into the market like the James Eds, like uh, who no. else is really cheap on the market indies? Um, affordable, not uh, cheap. Sorry, and, and, yeah, sorry, affordable, uh, competitively priced. When you would kind of enter in like medium, because you know we haven't been sat on this stock for no, years course. and years and years. Yeah. Um. But so mm. yeah, we just get the medium so, trainer. Long story short, the uh, the stoppers are, mm. are, are from China. Yeah. But yeah. the other the other thing that's so distinctive about your bottles, and I really I actually really like, is that every bottle ha has a unique. That's illustration. Right. Yeah. It does, yeah. Who, who, who does these, and where do you where do you source them from? Or so. Because um, some of them are really interesting. 
Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. So it's supposed Ra to look... Rachel did this one. Oh, I don't Really? I, Rachel did this drawing. <laughs> really? Oh, sorry, carry on. Oh, thank you. No, you... you can speak now. <laughs> oh, uh, no, yeah, um... so, 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 yeah, so this. So some of them are cryptic. Some of them are really obvious, like, this is a Bao Blair, and that there is, is a Bao drawing. Blair, of story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them, there's a kind of one of a skull as well, which is a yeah, so, 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 so the 30-year-old um, so uh, North British that you... The one that you were trying. That you had in your glass or have... Oh, um, <laughs> the, you are, the one with the skull on it. So that is a skull of uh, humanity's oldest known uh, ancestor species, yeah. uh, Ardipithecus ramidus. Ardipithecus well ramidus, Very good. Uh, which was discovered <laughs> on the seventeenth of December, nineteen ninety-two, which is the same day that cask was filled. Oh, yeah. so it's just, so that's, that's cryptic. That's, yeah, that's really, really weird and that's out there. That's so like, brilliant. You've gone so, back. So, so, so Japanese, yeah. Oh no, I, didn't, I just well, we, we just googled what happened on. <laughs> 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 Even though it's a Google, it's a remarkable. That's, 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 that's really, really like that. Yeah. Yeah. On, that's right on, on that, the street. On that note. <laughs> No, never mind. Actually, uh, there, there, there's another release that we've done that, no, might, that right. might be. We'll oh, talk right. about it. Okay, fuck it. Yeah. So there's, uh, um, <laughs> there's sometimes because obviously some distilleries are more attractive than others, shall yeah. we say, right? Yeah. Uh, Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Ross talks about distilleries being dumps. Uh, oh my god. Bow Blair is definitely not a dump. No, you see why. So you've illustrated that. Is this our new releases? Um, it's, it's out at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's just a it's it's a very simple ten year old Linkwood uh -huh. that um has been fully aged in first hill bourbon, but it is such a good example of the delicious Linkwood distillery yeah. spirit. It's absolutely it's, it's beautiful. We've got it on us actually. Uh, we have I we'll get it out shortly. And um what happened on that day when it was distilled? Mm. So one thing of significance, of significance happened on, what was it, the 8th of April? Um, I, I, can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, a certain well-known, uh, infamous, uh, very controversial Prime Minister... Uh, Don't pop, say it. Pop to clogs. Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, uh, clogs. <laughs> pop to clogs. Yeah. And uh, during that week, I don't know if you remember, but there was a... Uh, there was a, a a certain uh, song from a certain uh, musical ding, film, Ding Dong, The Witch's Turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, 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 that, so that came a very close number two in the yeah. charts in the UK that week. So yeah, we've just put the Wicked Witch of the West's feet on the <laughs> label. What, what was number one that week? Oh God, uh, no. I don't know actually. Uh, um, there was actually a lot of controversy around that. Because there was. Uh, yeah, I remember like BBC uh, Radio One weren't allowed to play no. the song <laughs> in the charts because... Too political, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. Which is fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, but, yeah, so, so that was that a little on the nose, fine, you it know. But, the but, the, but the thing with this one... There's still bells to canter with Prince Andrew's face. Very true. Very true. I nearly bought one the other night. The heaven... Oh my wife, God. It was the 1988 wedding anniversary. <laughs> so yeah, Royal wedding. But anyway, yeah, yeah. so, so it's you. That, is it you that does all no, the sorry. No, so no, I only did one. Yeah. Which, which, which is 
The bees. We just loved yeah, it so uh, much. Cool. So it's, 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 it's a it's a honeybee with, with a little uh, yeah, magnifying glass onto the knee because it's the bee's knees. I wish someone. I wish I could remember the guy's name who told me, but yeah. Oh, I think it's a distiller in America, and he said that the uh, sack of pollen on there. Um, he's mm. a beekeeper, and they're called pollen pans, which I thought was very pollen cute. Pans. Oh, pollen pans. Uh, but yeah, the, um, the illustrations are all done by um, a very lovely lady I used to work with at the Royal Academy of Arts oh, wow. called Laura New. Uh, she's since left, and I think she lives in, is it Frome? Do you pronounce that? Frome, Frome, Frome yeah, in Somerset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with her girlfriend and son, and yeah, just send her a brief, and she's so talented. I was going to say, if you're, them out. if you're if you're ever looking for a few stick men on the front of your yeah. bottles, just give me a call. Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah I, I, I keep <laughs> contemplating doing yeah. one myself, but I know it's just going to be the shittest <laughs> illustration. Yeah, no, she's very good, and so, yeah. I mean, obviously building connections. You, so going back to your time at the Soho mm. Whiskey Club, then so you mm. worked at the Soho Whiskey Club, and of course. Not only would you have met your future wife there whilst you're working, but there'll be plenty of other people who are, you know, as you said, there's a lot of whiskey geeks going there and just getting involved and really enjoying yeah. drums. But there'll be loads and loads of members there. Mm. Does, does, does that, that help? Is it members only? Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's not open to the public. We actually, mm. so uh, I, Sorry, I, kind of, I had a lovely uh, kind of full circle moment uh, last year when I went back to Soho Whiskey Club, where I worked for seven years, yeah, quite a long time, time yeah. and uh, and gave a tasting of fragrant drops, and it was just, it was a, a very uh, was proud, proud, special moment. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's not open to the public. If you live in London, and you like, and you really like whiskey, yeah. it's like 200, 250 to 300, 300, 300 quid, quid yeah. a year. But honestly, they do weekly brand-sponsored tastings where they get a brand yeah. ambassador. Yeah. Yeah. Brand the ambassadors come in tried, and you get, inv- you get invited to those tastings and you don't have to pay a penny. Oh, really? So, yeah. And oh, yeah. uh, I d- I, when I worked there, we would often have kind of maybe two a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on a Monday or Tuesday, where normally we would be dead anyway or, or yeah. quiet. Um, and then, yeah, you know, brand ambassador comes along. And, and during the time that I worked there, I did get to not know not only a, a lot of whiskey geeks who were members, and I'm a whiskey geek myself, but but Are you? But, but, but also I am, yeah. um, but also um, but also I've got to know a heck of a lot of brand ambassadors, uh, guys, uh, people who and I'm, gals I'm, and gals that uh, I'm, I'm sure you will all be familiar with. Um, over the many years and that's, um, a, that's the thing I mean the industry is such a small industry it's a massive industry in one sense but it's a very small industry in the it other is, yeah, when it, it is. comes to people and um, what I'm just going to say about you working at the Soul Whiskey Club and, and forging your own way through cask sales and things like that as well is the fact that like a large amount of that comes down to trust and reputation which is a big big mm. thing and I think that you know coming from a farming background where you know, grandfather was a farmer and my mother grandfather worked in the malt barley industry, malting industry, mm. and he was basically saying, you know, farming, he said, people buy for people, was what That's he used exactly to say. Right. Mm. And I think when, if you've got seven years at a very prestigious London, a club in London which specialises in whiskey, you're meeting brand ambassadors, you're meeting people who are members in there, did that help? But get behind you in the front of the business where you were able to say like you've got a network of people through no, the industry no, from not really, that. Not really. Some, 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 some sure. people, yeah, a little bit. But I guess really, what's helped um, more than anything is probably Rachel. 
Right. Me? Yeah. Why? Go on. <laughs> My head isn't big enough already. Let's uh, go. <laughs> uh, well, just because... Uh, uh, so the day-to-day stuff is, is I focus on cask stuff and, and Rachel focuses on the bottles. So when it comes to the... The selling of of of, of the bottles, uh, Rachel. That is Rachel's jurisdiction. Yeah. So actually, Rachel, and, and it is it is an industry, as you say, built on getting on well with people. Yeah. And yeah. you know, every now and then, there's someone who probably doesn't get on with a lot of people. And funnily enough, they don't they don't they're not very popular. No. Yeah. And, and you know, who who are you going to stock uh, bottles from if you're a bar or a pub mm. or a shop? You're going to stock it from the nice, lovely Geordie or some prick. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, like, I mean, you know, they could have the nicest, the nicest juice in the world, but if they're a, if they're a dick, then, then, like, they're not, they're not going to sell, and that is perhaps why certain people aren't customer facing. It's um, it's a funny one, it's a funny one with that, though, because, like, we've got a lot of pals here in Edinburgh who, um, are bar owners or bar managers and they get really really ticked off with you know the brand ambassadors coming in like unsolicited like sales pitches and stuff um yeah and so yeah you're absolutely right it's more it's all about like a conversation well and, and also your product your, your this is the thing in the in the world of independently bottled whiskey is we're seeing a mass amount of that coming through over the last five, ten years. It's going to get really big. It's a big, big industry. It's already. going to get massive. If you th- if you think of all the, I suspect, possibly hundreds of thousands of casks that have been sold as investment at some point. Yeah. So we've got to go into 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 here, mm. and that and so I've, I've I've been saying this for a, the last couple of years. I've been saying, hold on. Surely, eventually, someone's got to bottle all this stuff. Otherwise, oh. otherwise, eventually, it's going to be 25, 30 years old, and uh, the ABV will drop, and it's no longer whiskey. Well, yeah. Yeah. alarming. So I think we're going to see a lot. Or you re-rack it in a rum cask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, with, with extra rum in the bottom. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot more independent bottlers, and that will be the true test for the. Uh, investments that yeah. have been sold over the years, because gonna, because you're gonna have you're gonna have uh, many independent bottlers that aren't whiskey cask investment yeah. companies uh, competing uh, against those that have you know sold, oversold, re-oversold, re-oversold, re-oversold yeah. a cask multiple times, and then eventually. You know, it's got to, it's got to end up here. Yeah. Who's going to be cheaper? And you know, that's how business works. That's how retail so works. I was just going to say, give, give us an idea on. And again, you don't have to be to the pound and penny, and mm. we yeah. don't want to push you to, to that. But mm. for somebody who is buying casks, maybe direct, mm. what kind of price difference would you be looking at if you guys are going to this as close to the source or to the source to mm. get your casks? Versus what you'll probably see mm. on a cask investment. What kind of thing? What examples of things have you seen where a cask that you know you've paid X amount is being yeah. sold to somebody else or being advertised to other people yeah. for this price here? Just to give it, I mean, to give people oh, a real I mean, understanding yeah, of I mean, what the price range could be. The, well, the price range of any given cask can vary in you very younger. Yeah. Uh, more affordable casts of new make you could see 
at any given cast, and I'm not going to use any specifics, um, but you might see a cast be offered from one person for, say, a thousand pounds or twelve hundred quid. Yeah. Which actually five years ago used to be more like eight hundred, but yeah. Yeah, so prices have gone up. Malt, you know, gone up fifty yeah. percent in the last few years for, for malt um, and energy and what have you. Um, and then you might see other people selling, uh, you know, sister casks. Uh, or even maybe the same exact cask, mm-hmm. uh, mm, yeah. you know, some weeks later, uh, for, you know, 3,000, 4,000, really? 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. Yeah. And so, you know, imagine... So if you if if we have we have a spreadsheet that we use for bottling to make sure to, to run... To, we put in the information... And it tells us that what, like what the cask, if we chose to buy it and bottle it, what it would sit on a shelf for yep. in a, in a yeah. shop, uh, or you know we can kind of roughly gauge what a dram would be in, in a bar, and that's and then we know if, whether or not it's economically viable yeah. To, yeah. To, to to bottle it. Mm. Imagine uh, a bottle of new make where per bottle diluted down to whatever, or not even diluted, just put a cask around it. But imagine. That it sits on a shelf in a shop for um, 130 quid. Would yeah. you would you would you buy new make a bottle of new make spirit for 130 quid? No, personally no. Yeah, so. not when you can get you know uh, Tesco's <laughs> vodka in England, not Scotland for like eight quid a bottle or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's where, that's where, I mean that's where you talk about so, the, the so sustainability the, of the of the industry. On this, on yeah, when I say yeah. industry, I mean like the independently bottled industry, bottling industry. Because yeah. as I say, eventually someone is going to buy a cask and go right. Now I need to try and get like we've talked about with Woody and Megan. We've talked about it yourselves. Yeah. The cost of the bottles, the VAT, mm. the, 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 the 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 you've got the tax on top of that for your. Yeah. Um, Alcohol, what's that? What, what's duty, duty that you've got to pay on top of it. That's the, the real killer. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it's just, and it's just yeah. gone up by 10%. Yeah. It's just gone up 10 But this is yeah. the thing. Now, the dare I say it, Angus, we've talked mm. about it. You know, history always has a, often has a way of repeating itself. And you look back, we've mentioned the Patterson, the infamous Patterson brothers, the, the whiskey mm. crash in the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 18, late 1890s, early mm. 1900s. And then, of course, there was the whiskey lock mm-hmm. through the 70s and 80s in Scotland and stuff like mm. that. We've often wondered, like, are we ever approaching a situation where that that market starts to get so big that it might fall at the back end, falls out of it? His, his, history, uh, if you look at the history, uh, as I'm sure you have, you can see it is cyclical. Mm-hmm. And we've had a very high point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to, you know, piss on anyone's chips. But um, <laughs> but, Please I, don't. but but I but I do uh, I there's a big part of me that does think that that there might be a rather large lock yeah uh, growing I might be wrong and mm-hmm. uh, of course I definitely as a, as a man in the of the yeah, industry of course, yeah. I really don't want to be no. right in thinking mm. that that we might see a, a lock uh, of whiskey but yeah I, I, I kind of am beginning to suspect it a lot of distilleries are uh, selling a lot of liquid um, that it's not all going into bottle. It's not all yeah. earmarked no. for bottling, you know. And I, I, I'm, I'm no one to speak about that either because I'm, I'm not pointing fingers because I'm no one to point fingers. 
I'm in the industry. Of course. I sell casks. Yeah. Uh, um, but how do you... St- sorry, Electronic. Sorry, I was just going to make a point about foreign markets now as well, in that people always say, oh, you know, there's never been a high demand, all of these markets are opening up left, right and centre, but not all whiskey distilleries have the same reputation or desirability. Mm. Also, with the rise of so many new distilleries worldwide, where people are starting to wake up to the fact that actually it's not just the Scots that have, or the Irish indeed, yeah. and the Americans that have the, you know, the corner of the market, mm. there are the people that can do it too. Yeah, world, world whiskey is absolutely booming. And, yeah. you know, again, without meaning to piss on anyone's chips, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would be... No, I would be more inclined to start a whiskey distillery looking purely financially I'd be more inclined to start it in England than I would in Scotland All right, well there you go yeah uh, just because English whiskey is going like that as as is in a pub that's got over 700 whiskeys yeah 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 talking yeah. about whiskey and trying to tell us that English like. nonsense are you going to sell it dancing around the maypole and I'm going to go you go but not just that French whiskey German whiskey so a lot of bit like German whiskey is actually really really big but the Germans are drinking most German single malt that's made most German whiskey that's made it's actually there's there's fucking loads of them but then also it used to be really they used to be all be pretty crap but actually now I would say there's actually some there's a lot of really cracking German whiskey like very very delicious so what's what were people drinking before they were drinking German whiskey in Germany probably Scotch probably Irish possibly American I I actually don't know but but as Rachel mentioned world whiskey category it, it is booming. Yeah. It's, it's booming. It's and exciting. Well, it, it is, is exciting. I'm a, I'm a geek Australian whiskey. You know, well, it's, my, it's my wife, she's, she's Indian, and um, I've been saying for years, last, in fact, since since Brexit, um, and without getting too political, one of the really exciting things for me with Brexit was the only one of the very few mm. exciting things, <laughs> I should say. Um, was the fact that the relationship between India and the UK was supposed yeah. to open up a lot more, which from a selfish point of view, for my wife and I, that would have been very beneficial for dual nationalities Absolutely. or more yeah, easier course. for freedom of movement and yeah. stuff like that. It's not really happened, but also one of yeah. the big things that I was very excited about was also the opening of Scotch whisky. Because uh, at the moment, 150% tax on Scotch whiskey in India. To put that into context, yeah, when we got man. married in India in September there in 2023, um, a, a standard 12-year-old bottle of Glenfiddich from the hotel yeah. for our wedding was oh. going to cost us £150 per bottle. Ooh, la, la. Now, uh, yeah. I was quite happy to entertain my guests as best as possible. I, I couldn't justify it. And then mm. Arpana's dad, my wife's dad, was saying, no, no, we'll get that down, we'll get it down. I said, yeah, but the thing is, I know that you only go as far down before it's literally, they're not going to cost them, they're not going to give it, give it ourselves a loss because yeah, of the yeah. tax that's actually on it. Mm. Yeah. Now, what that basically means is my good pal here, Angus, who came over, brought quite a few different oh, bottles nice. from Duty Free Bless as we did and stuff like that. And Good my, my father-in-law doesn't listen to this, so I mean, I often take two or three bottles because <laughs> he's not as forthcoming with <laughs> giving the... I, I realised that when I took my first few bottles over, I said, here you go, this is a nice dram. Oh, very nice. And he stuck it on the shelf and I never got to try it. So what I do is uh, I take two or three bottles, I keep two in my room and give him two. Quite right, mate. Quite right. But, but the point is that mm. one of the things that's really interesting is the Indian whiskey market has really closed themselves off because they know 
that if the Scotch market comes in and Scotch whisky becomes more affordable for people to drink, it's going to damage their own brands. And and, and this is the problem when you're dealing with tariffs and to take the kind of cynical view is doors can close as quickly as they can open. Mm. Quite right. You know, we saw it with Donald Trump in America where the duty on Scotch into America went up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. So, you know, don't, I, I, that's what I would say is behind behind every opportunity is a kind of, you know... Of course, I mean, the, but the thing about it is that mm. a lot of people have said that the whiskey industry mm. from the distiller's point of view mm. has been really holding on to stock, yeah. which for a lot of people have said mm. that people similar to yourselves, if they've been on here and said it's not as easy as it once was to actually get your hands on yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, just to touch brief, briefly on 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 India, I think I think uh, last year, uh, on the year previous, uh, exports to India have gone up just over six. I think just over sixty percent. I, th- I think. I think. Just, just in one year. Yeah. yeah. So you can expect maybe well, I mean, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a cheeky fragrant drops blend uh, for the Indian market. If if we can if we can source the stock, you know, yeah. you'd be yeah. amazed. Like so, you know, like single grain distilleries. I've contacted not every single grain distillery, but <laughs> but 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 most Sorry. but most of them, um, asking to get. If I can buy some 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 you know relatively young stock for uh, for a, a you know a bulk blend mm. project mm. that I have, and the answer has just been no across yeah. the board. Why? Because everyone and their dogs asking, and why would they choose us over? You know, mm. we've only been yeah. we we've True. only yeah. brought our stuff to market in January of last year. Yeah, mm. and that's yeah. a whole. That's I mean, why should suppliers trust you, and why should consumers trust you? Well, that's just a big question. This is one of the things we were talking about earlier on: is the fact that, like, there is a a big market for independent bottlers. So, Mm. how can and and one of the great things is we're we're very I wouldn't say we're a a selective bunch on the Whiskey Stories podcast. What I will say is, people that bring their own bottles in for sampling. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. We do really like. But what I would say is that something just happened there. Camera just gone off. I think it has, Graham. Yeah. Do you want me to? Tap it. It might just be the screen. Uh, I think the thing just switched off. Is the the power thing on? The power is on. Uh, Anyway, what we'll do... Do you want me to see if... Have a wee look at that camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a look at the camera, I guess. I mean, I assume that you're recording on on that uh, clever gizmo there. That's recording as well. It's definitely... That might just be... Let me have a look. It's on. Do you say say it's on? No, it's off. Oh, it's off. It's turned itself off. It should have. Was it plugged in? Yeah, yeah, it's plugged in. There might be a loose cable. There's lots of. Oh, mm. Maybe it is pretty warm in here. Rachel, stop taking your clothes off. <laughs> hey, come <laughs> on! We've, we've, got on. Co- we've got company. <laughs> right, it's back on. Back on. Hey. Oh my is God! Is that power? a Muppets baby tattoo? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oops. Oh, watch it. This will sound really authentic, anyway. Just let people know. Oh my God. Anyway, so what we were Amazing. saying basically mm. was, um, you know, we, as I said about being selective with our guests and stuff, we're not at that stage yet. But what I w- <laughs> no offense <laughs> to anyone who's not wow. really listening. But um, <laughs> you can edit that out. But, but what, what I would say is that. <laughs> you know, we've we've also looked at this and said, you know, we could run we could run a podcast where you could have an independent an independent bottler on almost every single week, and you um, wouldn't run out of people to ask because yeah, there's so many of them on yeah. here. But one of the things I would say, and, and you know, we're not just saying this because this is people who have been on in the past and have tried your your whiskey. If I've tried what you've got in there, we've had 
Glenmore Spirits, we've had Woody's, mm. uh, Woodrow's, and, and also the single cask as well from um, Jan Damon. But you have to make sure that the, the quality of the liquid that's going into the, the bottles that you guys are producing yeah. is also at a very decent standard yeah. to make people suddenly go, I mean, with the greatest respect in the world, during the Edinburgh Whiskey Festival that we were at, we did find that that was a very independent bottler heavy mm. festival. Mm. Did you not love that? Or we, we did, we I did. did yeah. But it was it was very good, and it was very good to see so many. Mm. In the, but we were also of the same mm. sense as there was. We started to notice there was two or three of the same. Of course. Around, of course. and it's because you've got the same people yeah. are buying the same yeah. same stock and yeah. same stock having yeah. the same ideas as well. Yeah. And it, it must be very very difficult from yourselves to try and stand out. You've got your bottles, which first of all is a massive thing because, as you've said, when people are scanning the the shelves yeah. and they see something goes that yeah. looks different also also these are shorter and short bottles go at the front of the shelf oh he's a sneaky ah, one isn't he that's he's that's always thinking that's exactly that's a great insight that you don't know yeah but I mean so in terms of the quality of liquid that you're getting first of all how much stock do you guys hold at the moment in terms of casks of whiskey I think I looked Today and mm. it's about seven hundred. We're at now. Yeah, it sounds about right. But there's a lot of young stock in there. Yeah. Don't, it's not all your and lovely twenty-five-year-old yeah, bow blades like, and your twenty-nine-year-old yeah, North no, British and what So then, how, uh, from a business model's mm. point of view, how do you keep managing to know that you can consistently produce? We don't, we, 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 don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't. We don't know that. We can't guarantee that at all. It's not our main we, business. It's mm. the fun bit that we love right, doing. Right. We'd love to grow it, I and think, we are doing it. But we're doing it organically, cautiously, yeah. and enjoying doing it. Like, so, is, is it, sorry, sorry, is it a case of then? Out of that 700, you know only a certain percent will ever end up in a freaking drop. No, not at all. I mean, the, 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 I guess the intention is for them all to end up every now and then. So but I, I'm, I'm quite carefree with spending money that I make. <laughs> so, I make so I make the money and then I spend it on casks. Not on free, me. For free. <laughs> I'm joking, he does. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> <room. It's laughs> not a bad thing. My eyes will have been tearing out of that engagement record. I wish I liked engagement record. That was a bit excellent. I don't know if that was wrong with the camera. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, for, for, you know, every, uh, I do, I'm, I tend to spend money as quickly as I make it for the business. Uh, I do spend it on more casks. I think, yeah. you know, it's great to buy the whiskey when it's young. Leave it, sit on it. One day it'll be ready. Yeah. One day it will be ready and delicious and and good for bottling. Even even if I'm I'm long in the tooth when that when that time rolls around, um, we do have this. So mentally, I, I I go through the list every I don't know every few months. I go through and I kind of go right. I know that that I can bottle those fifteen casks yeah. this year. Yeah. Or twenty casks, and I and I think. Like, so, for example, so in October, we re-racked 40... We gave... We're giving finishes. We re-racked 40, 40 casks. Yeah, about uh, that. I'm... All stock that needs it and needed mm. a re-rack. Uh, all of a decent enough age. Not stock that was... It was all stock that was going to be... And I know in my mind, I'm going to re-rack it now, and in 12 months' time... 
Assuming that those the, the wood quality is nice and hard, it's going to be a good day. Uh, it's going it's going to be a belting day when it I when, when I when those samples turn up. Those forty casks, yeah, uh, it's going to be a yeah. heavy it's weekend. Make sure you have a brewer's breakfast uh, before you get started. Yeah, no, no. So, so yeah, we are we are looking after the stock. And you know, and we're also making it up as we go along. Yeah. Uh, you know, we aren't yeah. we aren't experts in the sense that, you know, we only launched the. I've never worked for uh, an independent bottler. Right? Neither has Rachel. We've started our own, so we are playing this by ear, and yeah. we are going, fun going, with it. going flying by the well, seat of our pants. Seat of our yeah, pants. But, I, mean, yeah. must be, I mean, as I say, which um, is cool. We've talked about it when Woody and Megan had a laugh on here, where they basically said that. I mean, Woody said, "Well, if it's." If it's pish, we'll just call it art. You know, it, it, we, we've said it before, and your bottles kind of represent that with the pictures on them as well. Is that there is an element of the creative industry involved in, in this where you get to have a little bit of fun with it, and, and yeah. sometimes making it up as you're going along can almost be the best way of doing it because you're you're effectively saying that tastes nice as it is you've talked about that Bal Blair there yeah. you're saying right well look it's 25 years old I do not want to take a chance on yeah. putting it into something that's going to make it just any to make worse it, yeah just to make it look darker yeah for exactly, exactly. Oh, because God, to a lot of people a lot of people dark means good yeah oh well yeah dark heard, mean, and, and it we've is. heard about uh, artificial colouring being added in certain uh, cases for a particular uh, a particular bottling that somebody Oh, right. We won't, we won't, we won't name names, or maybe we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, that's news to me. But, yeah, but the thing about it is... We'll have to earn a book, don't we? But of course. It, it is cynical, isn't it? It's, I hate it. There are certain companies that do only do oh. like really dark yeah. whiskies, mm. and it, it does boil my piss a bit, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Because as well, I will say, the quality of sherry casks is uh, very variable. Of course. And, I mean, I, I have a very, like high uh, sensitivity to any kind of sulfur which i know lots of people do like it and it's a taste thing it doesn't mean that it's bad um Mm. so i shouldn't Mm. say that it's very important it's just different flavor profiles but fuck i hate a fucking sulfuric cask i hate it and there's so much of it Mm. sometimes i ask what uh, wood supplies certain people have so i can avoid them of course (laughs) you have to be picking up mental note never buy from that company well i mean i remember going to whiskey tasting at a a certain distillery and it it was five whiskies and i was the driver girlfriend my fiance was tasting the whiskey and she was kind of interacting with the guy and saying oh I like this one I like that one and she didn't speak about this well, one whiskey she didn't mention it and then she whispered to me she said, it tastes like eggs yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like, this is absolutely foul because, and, and yeah. I, later on when I got when we were back oh my god I tried the, and I was like I don't oh, know if wow. I'd have necessarily picked up on it myself, mm. but now you've mentioned you've it, that's it. all it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've ruined yeah, it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah. You, you, you have completely ruined it for yeah. me. One of the final questions I want to ask you on the, on the, on the independently bottle side, one of the other mm. things that actually yeah, came sorry, up in our conversation... Yeah, sorry, you've been born, aren't we? No, no. One of the things we, we talked about in the, the conversation, which has, it has had, we've had a few... We've talked about it a few times, is... What constitutes a finish and what constitutes a maturation? Ah, we, that's the million-dollar question, isn't there, it? There is, there is no. We defi- don't believe th- th- that there is a no proper definition. definition. I have heard from many different people over 
the years that it's kind of around the two year Isn't mark. Right. We, we, we've done also, two year being once it's two years, it's now officially it's turning like into a, maturation, a double maturation. Like, like, right, yeah. by, you know, do you know? I think I was talking to someone the other day, and I think it it, it is set out in the SWA. Well, we didn't know whether this is starting to might. come through. One of the things that we actually thought someone, someone might have said, might have said on the podcast as well that we were saying that possibly further down the line in the next yeah. year or so. Because it's very easy to say, right, look, I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll put that <laughs> in a wrong cast, roll it once, and then put it into the, uh, put it into the, not that, yeah. but... Uh, or wet cast. But, 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 oh, yeah, so, so there's, there's, mm. there's extra wet cast. So an, an extra wet, wet cast being for people listening, what would that... Uh, uh, so let's say a, um, a, a sherry cast mm-hmm. that's uh, been imported from... Somewhere. Espana. Yeah. And, uh, and it turns up and it has five to ten litres of sherry still in it mm-hmm. and slush, it, slush. that is that is left in there <laughs> yeah. and you just pour the whiskey on top of it yeah, right. so so in in somewhere like in canada you can actually have a percentage of canadian whiskey can be fortified wine yeah uh and that is not the case with scotch whiskey yeah. you shouldn't have Fortified wine in the bottle of whiskey of single malt Scotch, Scotch whiskey. whiskey, like it's definitely not allowed. So mm. why do some? I know some people do it. Yeah. Warehouses have told it's me. Obvious. Warehouses have told me that they have done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they have that they have filled uh, casks because the because the bottler, yeah. uh, not not a UK bottler, uh, overseas bottlers, uh, has uh, has said. Oh, uh, leave it in there and just pour the whiskey on top. Yes, yeah, so I mean, this like, is come on, like that, that's, that's going to actually be in the bottle. There's yeah. going to be a percentage. It's a cocktail. Yeah. I mean, that, that and, and that's the thing is like there, there is even to, to this day, no matter how hard the SWA try to ensure that there's approvals and yeah. there's certain things there, there's always ways around it, aren't there? There's always ways that people can look at trying to do things differently to try and quicken this process up. Yeah. But at the same time. I suppose over the long course of a of the long run, I suppose you, the people who do it the right way and the honest way will probably be the ones that manage to carry on through. You think the process. so? You'd hope so. But it is. I mean, that was one of the things is we mm. had a little bit of a discussion on whether or not in the next years, year or so down the line, mm. will we see a change in what constitutes a double maturation and what constitutes a finish? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset. Does it matter? I wouldn't be. I, I, yeah. Does I don't. It well, I don't think it really matters because you can get crap. You can get a very flavoursome uh, or flavourful finishes, uh, and then ones like for, so. For you know, we did an Ardmore with a rum finish. That was a full two-year finish, mm-hmm. and it was it's a very gentle finish. Yeah. Um. You know. I wouldn't. I would just still call it a finish, even if I. Some people might go double matured in a rum cask or rum, a rum barrel. Yeah. Uh, that was subtle. Why, that was like, subtle. Really, why does it matter though? Well, like, we're bombarded with information, and like yeah. the thing is, especially with single casks, even if a cask has had the same treatment, it's not the same product at the end of it. Yeah. So for me, I just in you know consistency. Does it? There's a, there's an element from the sales perspective. We had the discussion at the Macallan mm. taste in Angus and. One of the questions I asked uh, the the uh, brand ambassador for McAllen, who was there that evening, was, "What does she think the percentage of whiskey that McAllen make that actually gets consumed 
based mm. on the special edition bottlings and all these kinds of things. And one of the things that you tend to find with independent bottlers is it's it's a, a thing that I really like as well though is when you do see that bottle number X of X. Yeah. Right? Yeah, fair now, enough. Now the thing is though, from that perspective is when you know that that's finished, you know that there's a good chance you'll never get that same whiskey again. Mm -hmm. So when you do start to see if someone puts out a two hundred pound independently bottled bottle of whiskey, a Bal Blair twenty five, yeah. bottle number fourteen of yeah. two hundred and ten. How likely do you think that person is to actually consume that whiskey, or how likely is it? See, Particularly now, if it's a twenty five year old Bal yeah. Blair that's yeah. been finished so, in X Y and Z and makes it. Because a lot of people might say... We should do it. So, He's so, about so, to throw me under the so, bus. No, 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 hold, hold on. No, no. So you haven't sent off the looks. So we just had a bunch of... Mm. Uh, we had four new casks bottled up this week. Mm. Yesterday. We, we haven't sent off the labels to yeah. the label printers, which takes like 10 days, and then you've got to, labels go to the warehouse, and they've got to apply the labels. He wants to do additions, and, and, and uh, on our labels it says, only... Yeah, you know, two hundred exactly two hundred bottles in the case of this one, and this yeah. one, this one, uh, exactly exactly one hundred and fifty. I know those are very round numbers, but that is actually just a coincidence. And I do want the 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 pen. Yeah, he wants one, to have two, three. And I always said no, and I've kind of got is my way. And now you are stirring the pot, so, Mister Graham. I haven't sent off, and uh, I, I think we're going to reassess our, our our labels tomorrow. Funny it's, that because it's, it's, it's me that sends them off. It's a subtle. It's a subtle change. <laughs> Um, so we do have the number of bottles, but we don't have, you know, as you One say, 14 of, of yeah. 226, yeah. 15 of 226. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember being in the, the shop at Glenfiddich, and um, they do a distillery batch release. Yeah, yeah, nice. And, I mean, they're up to batch 88, I think. But um, there are certain people that request certain numbers of that batch and um, yeah, of there's a certain person that they said gets number one they said well you're, when they're, they pay us that amount a year they get batch number fair enough number yeah. One. Yeah. yeah fair enough so, yeah. Yeah. you know I think you know it's not I, very I mean, uh, demographic it isn't very demographic no, but you yeah. find that certain numbers and that's the thing come of a premium and that, but that's what I mean is that if a label says X, Y and Z it's been finished through this it's been done through that it's been X you know and then it's, it's, and it's bottle number X of one hundred and fifty or whatever. People might go. I still don't think we should. Number number eight is very popular in. Well, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it China? Seizure, yeah. yeah, I think eighty-eight is really, really but popular. But as we were talking actually. about earlier, whiskey for us is important <laughs> to share. Of course. And I'm like our bottles, like I'm, we're not like a super premium. Like the whiskey that some of the whiskey we bottled is premium, like that Belle Blair, for example. Yeah, that is expensive. But it's yeah. not. I I don't see us as a collector's. Um, no. brand at all. We're, we're definitely it's not, not really what we're we definitely don't market so, no, I really as being don't, collectible. I mean, we're just a, a pair of scrotes, like, doing what we are. And we're actually just sitting referring to you. It's a pair of scrotes. We've started the whiskey story as domestic. That will carry along into the next brand. We'll know who won when the next release comes out. The bottle number X of 150 or bottle 150. 
So, firstly, there's a there's a wonderful uh, independent bottler called Blackadder, and yep. uh, a long time ago, they released a 45 year old Blair Findy, which is a known by another name of Glen Farkless. 45 year old single cask show cask, uh, 1960, shit, 1964, uh, wow. and uh, just dark as the night. Probably old, like old, old Paxarette cask. Wow. Uh, if you know, if you know the whole thing of Paxarette. Um, no, I don't. What, what, what's the uh, whole thing with Paxarette? Just to completely take oh, us no, on a tangent. Uh, oh right, yes, uh, Paxarette banned by the Scotch Whiskey Association now. Paxarette is a a dehydrated, a concentrated version of a kind of PX syrup. Imagine. So is this something that was it was dehydrated, sh- brought over sherry, to the UK, sherry casks. and then rehydrated? No, they would basically pour a bunch of Paxarette into casks and then sell them to the Scotch whiskey industry as right. sherry casks. So, yeah, and, and a lot of your very old Macallans and very old Glenfarclas casks and, and, and old Glendronach and all the rest. Yep. Some do hypothesise that they're actually not sherry casks, they're Paxarette casks, which are, which are no longer allowed. Sale of Paxarette has has dropped considerably since. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was banned ages ago. It was banned yeah. in the eighties yeah. or nineties, uh, I think. Um, Paxarette, very very geeky information. I like that. No, um, that's what we're all about. So anyway, yeah, super dark, opaque black whiskey, the colour of Guinness, um, and uh, very dense, and it was enjoyed both by myself and a very dear friend of mine who's unfortunately no longer with us. Okay. So that's very super nice. special dram for me. Uh, another one uh, would be... <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. Yeah, fuck it, I will. Uh, on, on the last shift I had at Starwood... Oh, God, uh, Jesus. I, you are going for it. I Jesus. Helped my I started so you have to spend I, it Oh, my God. I helped myself. Entering into evidence right I, now. I helped myself to uh, a very, very small little snifter of, of a single cask, uh, which is actually the one that I mentioned earlier, so... Um, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> and seven years old and um, uh, fully matured in a small Australian sherry or a para cask, mm. 100 litre. It was the super punch one. It was, uh, yeah, 71.9%. Well, that's the same. Yeah, that's just, 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 and you know, like that for me. Yeah, that was kind of symbolic for like the time that I spent working there, and and the liquid itself, stunning, really, really stunning. Um, And the third is actually uh, Springbank Ten. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say Classic Laddie. Is that, is that I was I was torn between Classic Laddie uh, from Brook Laddie um. and Springbank Tem. Um, I do adore Classic Laddie. I think it is there's there's some subtleties in there um, and subtle nuances that are, are wonderful. But um, no, I I, I, I think Springbank Ten, the standard Springbank Ten. I think it is. For me, and I'm only, I'm not going to state opinion as fact, so I'm just going to say, in my opinion, there is no greater core range, 10 year old single malt whiskey. I think that's a pretty common opinion now, in, love. In the world. Yeah, uh, I, think it is, I think it is just yeah. so awesomely made. I think the spirit is just fucking gorgeous. Scrumptious. And it's 10 years old, and if you can buy it at the 
recommended retail price of I don't know what it is these days, but it's normally about thirty-seven quid or something, yeah. something like that. Good luck. You, you, you know, you, you need to, you need to basically be very, very good friends with the shop managers, uh, the retail yeah. managers yeah. Uh, around the UK. They must get sick. Un- unfor- unfortunately, some shops do deliberately uh, withhold the bottles. Wait. A few months because they only get released like once a year. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, sometime in autumn, I believe. And so, you know, a lot of people hold off and wait until springtime and then they're like, oh, yes, yes, we have it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double the price. Um, but, you know, like I, said, so I, guess that, I guess that's business, but it is a brilliantly made. Ten-year-old. It is. Fa- I, I, I fucking love. Like a lot of people, I fucking love everything that comes from Springbank, uh, and and it is, you know. Without question, the most traditional whiskey distillery, probably in the probably in the world. I'm looking for sponsorship. If anybody from Springbank is listening, you know, you're not going to get a better endorsement. It is an absolute belter, and it's it's more sessionable. Like the seventy-two odd percent whiskey from Starwood is not a session whiskey but Springman 10 I, you could just I could just sit and drink it yeah. all night Brilliant. and not get bored of it those are my no. three drams well listen guys it's been absolutely fantastic just before we go please tell us please tell everybody listening how can they find out more about yourselves how can they find out about Fragrant Drops Rachel how can they find you how can they purchase some of your beautiful looking bottles but of course more importantly the lovely spirit on the inside Thank you very much. Um, the odd uh, website exclusive every once in a while. We've got a lovely Kalila Paolo Cotardo for a very affordable 75 quid on the website. Uh, all trusted retailers, like all the usual suspects, uh, specialist whiskey retailers, some of the bigger boys as well. Um, yeah, if you just do a search, you'll find us. Yeah, right. Sadly, and you have a list of sockets on yeah, your website we do. Thank as well. You we very do. Much. Yeah. Thank God I someone's got that screwed If you're looking for fragrant drops online, that's what they're looking yeah, for. Fragrant yeah. media and stuff also, like that. Also, well. we, we are at lots of different festivals as well. Right. We managed to weasel yeah. our way in. Yeah, if you look on your Instagram, you, you do the hard graft. Hi, well, it's just me getting bored going, hee hee. Well, guys, it's starting to sound like the fiddlers playing in the background. It's starting to sound like the deck of the Titanic, as it <laughs> so with that we'll get back to drinking some of the drums. Thank you so much to George Thank and Rachel for the podcast. Thank you. Thank Company you. and fragrance drops. Well done. Thanks very much and Slanjabar. Cheers. 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 So over to Robbie 